Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Northridge Church. Glad you are here. All of you in the room here, all of you online, everybody, we're glad that you joined us here today. And uh, it is Northridge Fest, and so we are going to, a little later, we're going to go out back. We're going to have a good time, like Ryan said. And yes, if you're wondering, if you've been longing and praying for this moment, I will be in the dunk tank, sadly. Um, and so if you just have, you, you don't like some of the things that I've been saying the last few weeks and you just need to take it out on me, uh, I will be in there, all right? So look forward to that. I hope that you guys enjoy it and I will be praying for your downfall. Um, I'm just kidding. I won't be doing that. All right. Thank you for being here. But right now, before we get to Northridge Fest, let's dig in. So the year was 1939. As soon as I say that year, you probably know where I'm going with this. This was right before World War II started. The Nazis from Germany have just swept through and taken over the country of Poland. And the world is kind of shocked, right? And they're watching as all this happened. It, it happened so fast, the Nazis just kind of overrun the country, and they take over. And then they started doing some things that it was clear that they did not have the best intentions for the Jewish people. And so some people had to start taking some action. And there was one woman in particular, her name is Irina Sendler, and she decides that she needs to take this huge action. See, she is a social welfare worker in Warsaw, Poland at the time. And so what that means is she had access to a lot of kids and a lot of uh, babies and families and things like that because she was there to help them through the social welfare program. And she used that position to, through the guise of trying to look for typhus, this disease, through that kind of facade, she would bring children and babies into her area, into her office, into her clinic, and they, under the guise of looking for typhus, and then she would give them a brand new identity, and then she would smuggle them out of the country in an ambulance that had a hidden compartment down below. She would give them a new identity, smuggle them out of the country so they could escape from the Nazis. Now, she wasn't able to do this for the adults, but she was able to do this for babies and children. Now, here's the problem, of course, and you might be thinking about this already. If you're smuggling babies and two and three and four and, and six and eight and ten-year-olds out of the country, what happens to their family? Well, a lot of their family had already been arrested and sent to concentration camps. And so the problem is she knows that after the end of the war, how is she going to rekindle and re reconcile and bring these kids back to their families if their identities have been completely wiped out and completely changed for their protection from the Nazis? And so what she decided to do, she had this system. And what she would do is every time she gave a child a new identity, she would put that false identity in a jar. And then she would make sure to meticulously record their real identity, their real name, their real family, and put that into the same jar and then seal that jar. And then she had to put it somewhere where nobody was going to find it. And so she buried all of these jars in a certain location that only she knew where it was. This is pretty amazing already, isn't it? But this is not the most amazing part. Eventually, Irina Sindler was discovered. She was captured by the Gestapo, the Nazi secret police. And they brought her in. And they knew that she had smuggled a whole bunch of kids out of Poland. And, and, and they had escaped. And they don't know who they are because she had given them a brand new identity. 
And so what they knew is they needed the false identities combined with the real identity so that they knew which kids to go after. And so they tortured her. They did everything they could to try to get her to reveal the place where she had buried these jars. But she never gave it up. She never sat. And eventually she escaped. She actually survived World War II. In fact, I have a couple of pictures. Take a look at these pictures. This is her when she was uh, in World War II with one of those kids. And then a little bit later, <laughs> a lot later, 2008, just before she died at the age of 98 years old, Irina Sendler, she survived. And she never gave up the location of those jars until after the World War was done. And then she went back and dug up those jars. But sadly, of course, a lot of the parents, a lot of the grandparents, they had been killed in the concentration camps. But some of them had not. And so she reunited those kids with their families. Do you know how many kids she saved over the course of World War II? 2,500 kids. Can you imagine? 2,500 children that she saved their lives that they got to grow up and they got to experience life because of one woman. So that, why do I tell that? And you're like, man, we are starting off on a deep territory today. Well, get ready. Here we go. Because today we start a brand new series that we're going to be in for three weeks today and two more weeks called The Power of One. The Power of One. The Power of One Person. The Power of One Decision. The power of one step of courage. See, I think that we sometimes go through life as people and we think that we don't have the opportunity to make a difference, to really impact and influence other people around us. And I'm here to tell you that that's a lie. That I want you to hear this today. You have the power of one. One person. One decision. One step of courage. The question is not, do you have it? It's, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the power of one that God has given to you? And so the question today that I want to answer is this. How do we exist? How do we influence through the power of one? How are you going to influence the people around you, your family, your friends, your neighbors, the, the person at the store, the person that you work with, the person that you see jogging every morning. Everyone. How do we influence people around us? Well, the truth is, we could probably come up with all kinds of answers, couldn't we? There's probably thousands of answers to that question, how we can impact, how we can influence other people. But I want to keep it really simple this morning. I want to give you one very simple answer. And it came straight from Jesus, so I didn't come up with it. So he gets the credit. And this is the phrase, you've heard it before. Luke 6, 31. Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. How many of you have heard of the golden rule before I just read it? How many of you in here have heard of this? Okay. Okay, everybody. And here's my, here's my guess. In the room, there's a collective inside your mind. You didn't do this out loud because that would be rude. But inside your mind, the collective groan was, oh, I've heard of the golden rule before. Here we go. Be kind. Kindness matters. Oh no, we're getting a lot deeper than that. Because the golden rule is not talking really about kindness. Does it include kindness? For sure. But is it deeper than that? Way deeper than that. 
So what I want to do is I want to talk about the golden rule, but let me ask you this question first. Why is the golden rule so powerful? When, when you see these words on the screen, do to others as you would want them to do to you. Treat others how you would want to be treated. We know inherently, don't we, that that's good, right? All, all of us can hear, we recognize right away, we're like, that's good. We all need to, every person needs to live according to that. Every person. We just naturally, inherently, in our heart and our soul, we know this is good. But let me ask you this. Why is it so powerful, though? Well, let me give you three reasons why it's powerful. And this is not even the, the, the main part of the sermon. So I'm going to go through these really fast. You're going to tell. Because I've never been through three points as fast as I'm about to go through these three. You're going to be like, wow, we're going to be done in like five minutes. Oh, no. That would be miracle status. We're not, we're not there yet. Okay? But let me give you these three reasons why the golden rule is so powerful. Number one, it is steady and unchanging. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that it doesn't matter what context it is. It could be any person in any time of history. It could be now or it could be 4,000 years ago. It could be somebody living in a cave. It could, be, it could be at your home or at your job. It could be in your car. It could be at a sports event. It could be in your neighborhood, walking. It could be here at church. It could be anywhere. The context does not matter. Do to others as you would want them to do to you stays the same. It is a standard that we can all bank on, isn't it? It doesn't matter where you are. It's steady and unchanging. Second, what's the second one? It's universal. What do I mean by universal? That sounds kind of like the first one. It is very similar to the first one, but it is in this way. Every person wants the golden rule to be lived out in their life and wants people to treat them according to the golden rule. It's universal. Try to find a human being on the planet and say, and have them answer you and say, you know what? I'd really like to be mistreated. I'd like to be treated unfairly. You're not going to find that person. You know why? Because there's no person on planet Earth that wants that. The golden rule is universal. It applies to every person wants it. And then third, it's objective. It's not your truth or my truth. It's not something that can change from time to time. It is just true that we should treat other people as we want to be treated. Now, let me ask you this question. If this is all true, if it's steady and unchanging, it's universal, it's objective, it's something that everybody wants, then why don't we see it more often? Why don't we see the golden rule being lived out all the time? Why is it so hard to do? For example, let me give you an example. You guys know I, I always have to go there almost every single Sunday. Okay, let's say that my family and I, I have uh, my wife and I, Laura and, and I, and three kids. Okay, so there's five of us. Let's say that we make a batch of cookies. Okay, you knew I was going to go there. I always have to use cookies. I have to work it in there somehow, right? Uh, honestly, I, I, I try to stay away from cookies, but my brain just goes to that as an illustration because it's like God's still saying, you still struggle with this, <laughs> so you should say it again. So, but I'm serious. Let's, let's say that we make a batch of cookies, and, and we eat on those. Let's say we, go, we did it like at the beginning of the weekend. We go through the weekend. We're eating on those cookies. All kinds of stuff. But then we come to Monday, you know, and Monday the kids go to school. And Laura has to go to a meeting. And I go up, and so I'm all by myself at, at the house. And, and I go up to pull something out of the fridge to warm it up for lunch. And then I think after I eat my lunch, man, I'm still a little bit hungry. You know what would be great? A cookie. And I look over, and there's one cookie left. I'm like, oh. And you know what my thought is sometimes? My thought is sometimes, 
God, you have aligned the stars. My, you sent my family somewhere else and you left me in the home all by myself so that I can enjoy this cookie by myself, the last one, and they have no say in the matter. Thank you, Lord, for this. And the truth is, though, if I was going to live according to the golden rule, would I want somebody to save that cookie for me? The truth is I would. And yet, why is it so hard? Why do I think everybody's gone? I can just eat that cookie. I can, in fact, you know what? I, can I tell you how I know this, this example? Because I've done this. And you know what I do to make myself be- be- feel better? I make sure to take whatever the plate or whatever the thing is, and I rinse it off, and I stick it in the dishwasher so everybody forgets that there was a cookie there. I know it's really insidious, but it's true. Why? Because I, I even know that I'm breaking the golden rule and I want to feel better about it. And so I'm like, I'm going to hide the evidence. Why is it so hard to do? Laura and I were, I don't even remember where we were at. We were driving or something like that. And she said something to me that I took offense at. Have you guys ever had anybody, your spouse, I'm sure never does this. You guys never have this problem. And, and, and I took offense to it. And so I started firing back at her. I just, what? I mean, come on, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I can't remember, I don't even remember what she said. I don't even remember what I said. I just know that she said something and I got, I was like, I, was, I went from zero to 10 in a moment. Everybody, anybody ever do that? You know what I'm saying? Like everything's good and all of a sudden somebody says something and you're like, those are fighting words, let's go. That's what I was. I was was just firing away. And she looked at me. Now she's angry, right? Because I got defensive. And she said, this is what I actually meant. Again, I I honestly can't even remember to say what it was. But whatever it was, she did not mean whatever I thought it meant. And she said, this is what I was saying. I was like, oh, whoops. But here's what I thought about in that moment. If I said something that she took wrong, would I want her to fire away at me or would I want her to say, hey, just so you know, this is how it came across. How, how would I want her to respond to me? How would I want her to treat me in that moment? I didn't treat her in that moment. And we almost got into a big fight about it. In fact, we did for a couple of minutes, as I recall. And then we worked it out. See, the golden rule, why is it so hard to do? You know why it's so hard to do? Because it's personal. You have to commit to do it. You can't expect somebody else to do it. You can't call somebody else, you know, out for it. Have you ever called anybody else out for the golden rule? Hey, hey, you need to treat me like you wouldn't want to be treated. You're being a jerk right now. How's that go for you? Does it go well? No, it doesn't. You know why? Because nobody else wants to be told to do the golden rule like I'm doing for you today. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear that. Why? Because it's personal. You have to make the choice. It has to be your decision. One person, one decision, one step of courage. In fact, let me, let me take us a little bit further here. So when you've heard of the golden rule, or if you've seen the golden rule, like printed, or maybe, you've, maybe some of you have it, I'm not going to ask who does here, but some of you maybe have it framed in your house. I've seen it framed in a house before where somebody has the golden rule hanging on their wall. Uh, I've been to some companies where it's part of their ethics. It may not be the exact same words of Jesus, but it's the golden rule as part of their ethics, their pillars, right, on their, uh, their code of ethics. I've seen that before. Usually the, the golden rule is quoted all by itself. Have you seen that? It's just all by itself. 
Do to others as you would want them to do to you. Treat others as you want to be treated. That's, that's how you see it. We even have it printed on those cards on the chair, right? Treat others as you would want to be treated. It's just set apart. It's quoted all by itself. But did you know that Jesus told us the golden rule not as the main statement. He actually shared it within an entire teaching on how we're supposed to treat each other. How we're supposed to treat human beings. Did you know that? It's actually just a piece in a whole paragraph. Let me, let me go to this. Let me take you to this. I already quoted from Luke chapter 6, but let me go to the full kind of thing here and read for you what Jesus says. Listen to this. Jesus says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. That's already hard right there. Done. Difficult. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. How many of you love being good to jerks? I don't know about you, but what I tend to do, and I'm, I'm being totally honest about this, I tend to be a jerk to jerks. You know why? Because they're jerks. And I feel like they deserve it. Am I wrong? That's, that's my inclination. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Oh, there it is. Contained within the teaching. But there's a lot more that he says. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. These are powerful words. The golden rule is not just a cute phrase or statement that we have to live by. It is a whole teaching where Jesus says, actually the golden rule means this. It means you love people who hate you. It actually means your enemies, you're supposed to love them. If somebody is cursing you, you should pray for them. That's hard to do, isn't it? Maybe that's why we groan a little bit when we hear about the golden rule. Like, oh, the golden rule... I hate doing the golden rule. Because it's really hard to do. It's personal. In fact, let's, let's, let's get into this like a little bit more practically. Let's talk about what, what would this look like on a daily basis? Okay, so let's do some scenarios. Let's say that you're in, you know, the grocery store. Maybe you're at the pig or maybe you're at Quick Trip. There are Quick Trips everywhere. Have you noticed Quick Trips multiply like rabbits? Have you noticed that? I'm just, uh, seriously, they, they're just like, blah, 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 quick trip everywhere, right? Okay, so let's say you're in quick trip or the grocery store or whatever, and, and you left about five minutes later than you should have to get to work on time, okay? So you know how you're feeling. You're, like, you're already like, but you really need the coffee and the donut and the breakfast sandwich, obviously to get through the morning, right? To get through the day. And so you stop at Quick Trip or you stop at the grocery store and you're there and for some reason, out of all the lines you chose, your cashier is the slowest person on planet Earth. You found him. You found her. The slowest person on planet Earth is working your cashier line. And not only that, but you're getting up there, and you, you know, there's, there's always going to be like 12 people in line ahead of you, right? And they're there, and they're just, you know, they're, they're chatting and whatever, you know. And then, and then 
a couple of people before you get there, they grab this, you know, maybe this, this glass of something, maybe it's orange juice, maybe something, whatever, and, and accidentally drops it. It goes into the cashier register. It's not it's sparks everywhere and trying to do this. And now it's clean up and everybody gets out of the way and now they have to clean it up. And now there's no other cashiers because they've taken it. So now you have to wait on the one cashier that is obviously slow and inept. Now, let me ask you this question. How do you respond to that? How do you respond in that moment? Because you are late for work. How do you respond? Do you, do you kind of try to find another cashier? Do you go stand over at a ca another cash register just hoping that they're going to see you? Right? Or are you the huff puff person? As if we already don't know that there's stress in the room, you're going to add to it by making sure the cashier knows you're an idiot. And you should know by my huffing and my puffing. Or maybe you're a stare person. You want, you want, me, some, you want me to choose one of you? <laughs> And you just stare them down because you want to burn a hole through their soul because you're late for work. How dare you drop that? Right? You're laughing, but we all know it's true. Haven't we done this? I've done all of these. Actually, I don't think I've stood next to another register yet. Haven't done that. The huff and the puff, the stare down, I've done all of those. I've heard of this happening. I've never seen it happen. I've never done it myself, but I've heard of some people doing this. They just drop their stuff right there and walk out and say, you're not worth my business. How would you respond? Now let me ask you this. What if you were the cashier? What if you were the cashier? What would you want to have happen? Would you want people standing and huffing and puffing and staring you through and yelling at you and saying, I've got to go, I'm late for work or whatever? Or would you want somebody to step out of line and say, how can I help? Can I help clean something up? Can I grab something for you? Yeah, you're going to be a little bit later to work. That's really on you because you got up too late anyway. Do you see how the golden rule works? It works in a moment, and it works when you don't feel like it. That's the whole point of the golden rule. It's not live, do to others when you feel good, like, they, like you would want to be treated. Do that when you feel good. But if you're not feeling good, if you're late for work, then treat them terribly. That's not what it means, right? But we have all these things. And by the way, in fact, let me just, a little rabbit trail. When you are with a waiter or a waitress or, or a cashier or somebody who's cleaning up an aisle or it may be nothing spilled, maybe they're just general maintenance and they're cleaning that, that stuff up or maybe whatever it is and you're walking along, you're going in your normal everyday life, can I just encourage you to do something? Look at them in the eyes. Look at them in the eyes. Say hello. Maybe... I know this is freaky, but maybe even say, how are you doing today? And then don't just pass by. You stop, and then you look at them until they give you an answer. <laughs> and they're going to freak out because nobody does this for them. But they might, they just might be honest with you, and you might make their day. Remember, they're human beings. 
that waiter, that waitress, you don't know. That, this might be the best day of their life. They might be on cloud nine. Or maybe it's their worst day. Maybe they just got engaged the night before and they're just like, man, this is awesome. I'm making money. I'm getting ready for the wedding. This is amazing. Or maybe they're going to go home and they're going to they're consider ending their life because they're so in a pit. You don't know. But you can make the difference. You can. One person, one decision, one step of courage. Are you willing? I could go through a whole bunch of others, but I think I'm going to just stop there. I have a whole bunch of them right here. See, they're right there. I could look at all this stuff, right? In fact, let me just rattle them off. When you start to hear something in the community about somebody else, maybe they got fired or something, and you have the juiciest news about it, and you just can't wait to tell your friends about it. You need to talk about it. You're going to share about it. You're going to throw them under the bus because, man, this is amazing. Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you guys hear about that? As human beings, oh, we just love to share that stuff. How would you feel if you were the one fired? Instead of gossiping about the person, maybe we should reach out to the person and see how they're doing. It's a thought. Treat them how you want to be treated. Right? What if, let me ask you this question. You're going to interact with a whole bunch of people today. Some of you are like, no, I'm not. I'm going home and watching football. I am not talking to anybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, at some point, you're going to interact with another person in the near future. Okay. But for most of us, we're going to interact with people all day long and all week long. Tomorrow is Monday, right? And then Tuesday and then Wednesday. And then we're going to interact with people. You're going to go into stores. You're going to do this. You're going to work with people. You're going to have to be on Zoom. You're going to have all these things. Let me just ask you this question. What if you are the only Jesus they will see that day? What if you're the only example of Jesus that they're going to see that day? In fact, let me take it one step further. What if you're the only Jesus they're going to see that week? or that month, or maybe even that year. The truth is, some of us, maybe our lives are so good, we're like, there's no way they wouldn't be introduced to somebody who loves Jesus in a year. And I would tell you, I don't know that that's probably true. I think a lot of people go through life not seeing a glimpse of Jesus for a very long time. And what's more sad is I think that a lot of those people are interacting with people who say they're followers of Jesus. The golden rule. Treat others as you would want to be treated. How you know you want to be treated, treat other people that way. In fact, we have these cards on your, on your seat. You probably noticed that. And this whole golden rule... There's a song that was written by Phil Wickham called The Jesus Way. And I want to suggest that The Jesus Way is our way throughout this series. We're gonna, you're going to hear this song. We're going to end with this song in a minute. But you're going to hear this song and you're going to understand what The Jesus Way is. TJW. You, know, you, you heard of WWJD. What would Jesus do? That's great. Let's move on. All right. What would Jesus do is good. But let's talk about TJW, the Jesus way. What is the Jesus way? The golden rule. Treat others as you would want to be treated. Love others like you want to be loved. 
Forgive others as you would want to be forgiven. The Jesus way, what is it? The Jesus way is counterintuitive, counteractive to the world's way. Right? That, that's, that's what's hard about it is, and I've talked about this before, if, you're, if everybody's swimming in the current of the river, right, everybody's doing this, everybody's going this direction in the culture, and then if we're going the opposite direction because we're trying to live according to the golden rule, according to the Jesus way, then we're going to be going upstream. We're going to be fighting against the current of our culture. It's just natural because everybody's going this way. And so what happens is when the world says you should hate, we love When the world says you should hate, then we love. When the world says get even, get revenge, we forgive. See, when the world pushes back on us, when the world pushes and says you do this, we do the opposite. That's the Jesus way. That's why they killed him. Now, I, I know you're, you're thinking in your brain, no, he had to die on the cross for our sins. I know, but why did people do the work of killing him? The reason was because he was a threat to their way of life. Hmm. Jesus challenged the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious elites, the people who were following Judaism, the people who were supposed to be leading people to God, and Jesus challenged them. And he said, these traditions and all these laws... You're like whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but you're rotting on the inside. How many of you would love your friends to hear Jesus say that to them? You're like whitewashed tombs decaying on the inside. But that's what he said. Why? Because Jesus said, I came to challenge the normal. I want to usher in a different way, the Jesus way, the golden rule way. Now, here's the truth. The golden rule is hard to do. Why? Because it's hard to think about how we want to be treated. But let me change it just a little bit. Okay? Let me try to help this make this even more real. Okay? Think about treating others in the way you want to be treated. Okay, that's good. But I don't know about you, but I'm a kind of person that, um, unless it's like cookies or some other things... I actually like to serve other people. I enjoy that. Like, it gives me life. It really does. Laura knows this. Because sometimes she's like, what are we doing? <laughs> Why are you leaving? Where are you going now? And I'm like, well, somebody needs to, you know. Okay. I love to serve. I love to help. I do. But the truth is that sometimes with that mentality is we kind of, we kind of forget about how other people would want to be treated, even if it's maybe they don't even want help. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't ask for help, ask what they need, but we still kind of go there. But let me change this just a little bit. Do to others as you want to be treated, let me put it this way. Do to others as the people that you love the most, you want them to be treated. Think about that. Just take a moment right now. I want you to think in your mind, a couple of people that you would die for right now. I don't mean they're like, you kind of know them, you're, you, you, kinda, you have fun together with them. I mean people that you would give your life for right now. Some of you are thinking of your children. 
Some of you are thinking of a spouse. Some of you are thinking of, you know, your best friend. Think about, you got that person, you got those people in your mind, who would you die for right now? Now I want to ask you this question. Treat other people how you want people to treat that person. That's a, that's a high standard, isn't it? I don't know about you, but when I think, let's say, let's say I'm walking through the parking lot and I'm coming out of the store and I see somebody back into my car and crushes the bumper and the, and the taillight. And I'm like, ah, what are you doing? Did you not see I'm parked? I wasn't even in the car. It's right there. It's not even moving. What are you doing? Give me your insurance card. Give me your blah, 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 blah. How many of you just love when somebody bumps into you or an accident? Have you been in those moments? How many of you just love that? It is great. Right? And how many of you have acted very calmly? You're just wonderful. I don't know about you. Frustrating, right? And so you go after them. Now let me ask you this question. However you treat that person, is that how you want somebody to treat your teenage driver when they make the same mistake? You want somebody to threaten them, yell at them, maybe even pull a weapon on them? These things happen. Of course you don't. Treat others as you would want to be treated, but also treat others in the way that you want your closest loved ones to be treated. How do you want your kids to be treated? Make sure you treat other people that way. Golden rule applies all across the board. See, the golden rule is not something just to think about. It's something to live. Let me give you one more last example. So just curiosity, how many of you have heard of the Lord's Prayer? How many of you in here? Just raise your hands if you've heard of the Lord's Prayer, okay? Okay, just about everybody, and if you didn't, maybe you missed it or you're lying, whatever, that's fine. Okay, good. So we all know the Lord's Prayer, okay, cool. We also probably, I'm not going to ask you how many of you want to recite it. In fact, uh, you know, let's just go around the room and I'm going to have each of you recite it real quick. Just to, I'm just kidding, we're not going to do that. But we could probably recite it, can't we? We all know how it starts. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right? Okay. And by the way, that's the King James Version. Boom, boom. The right version. (laughs) Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, we say that. We start it off. We all know how it starts. But then I think the next phrase gets lost. You know why? Because we just rattle it off. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then we just, blah, 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 blah. amen. Right? There we go. And we say it. And we don't even think about it. Have you, do you know what the next phrase is? Hallowed be your name. Your what? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. We rattle this off. But have you ever considered what this is actually asking? If it's a prayer, it is you asking God to do this in you and to do this here. Whose kingdom do we want here on earth? Who are we asking? Your kingdom. Yours? Mine? God's. God's kingdom. Your will be done. Whose will? Your will? My will? No. God's will. Your will be done. And where do we want it done? We want it done on earth? We want God's kingdom to come here to earth. We want God's will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you this question. How is that going to happen? 
You know what the answer is? You. Every time you say that prayer, you're telling God, make me live by the golden rule. <laughs> Lord, help me to bring your kingdom here. Help me to do your will here on earth as it is in heaven. The answer is you. You're the answer to the Lord's prayer. Never wondered that, did you? Some of you are like, I don't know if I want to say the Lord's prayer anymore. It's true. Think about that prayer. Go back through the Lord's prayer and start viewing it through the lens of this is your prayer to God. You're asking God to do this in you, to change you, to cause you to do this. Bring God's kingdom here, to bring God's will here through how? Through the Jesus way, through the golden rule. So here's what I want to ask. Are you willing to commit to the Jesus way? Seriously. And some of you understand that right now, in this moment, it's easy to say yes. The problem is when you're late for work tomorrow. Right? The problem is, some of you, you like the snooze button. Right? Uh, and then you wake up at the same time 20 minutes after when you wanted to wake up because you set the first alarm right and you're like oh I'm late for work again right and then you're going to go through and then you're going to rush through the quick trip and you're going to I need my coffee right now right and you're going to pick the slowest cashier how are you going to treat him how are you going to treat her are you going to look him in the eyes you're going to take the time to actually care about him because that's what you would want to be done for you. It's not just a job. It's a human being. It's a person. So let me ask you a few questions real quick. Who do you need to forgive today? Seriously, who do you need to forgive? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Have you forgiven them? If you've done hurt to somebody else, what would you want them to do for you? Forgiveness? Who do you need to thank? Who do you need to be grateful to and grateful for? Kids, teenagers in the room, let me call you out for a minute. When was the last time you said thank you to mom and dad, to your parents, for just being awesome and relevant and amazing? No, but seriously, when was the last time you just said thank you for the mundane routine act, like making you a meal? When was the last time? Parents, when was the last time you said thank you to your spouse? Uh, when was the last time you said thank you to a good friend for just being there for you? When was the last time uh, we said thank you to our kids for being awesome? There doesn't need to be a reason. Tell them thank you for being who they are. Who do you need to thank? Who do you need to treat the way you want to be treated? Who do you need to defend? 
Is there somebody in your life that you need to step up for? Some of you just started school and you know there's a few people in your school, they're weird. They're weird. They're strange. They're outcasts. They don't get to sit by anybody at lunch. Everybody makes fun of them. Sometimes to their face, sometimes in secret. How would you want to be treated if you were the one that was outcast? Maybe you are the one that's outcast. How would you want to be treated? Treating others the way that you want to be treated. See, it's personal. Who do you need to love even though you see them as an enemy? Anybody have enemies in their life? I do. Maybe hard to believe for some of you. You're like, really? You seem pretty nice. Hmm? There's still people that I get really frustrated with. Do you love them? Are you willing to love them? Let me ask you, are you willing to commit your life to the Jesus way? Because you know what I believe? We're about to sing this song, so you're going to hear these lyrics that we put on that card. And by the way, we want you to take that card so it reminds you that we put all kinds of ideas on there on how to live out the golden rule. I hope you take those to heart. Choose to actively engage in those things. Yes, it's going to be out of your comfort zone. One step of courage can make all the difference. Will you commit to the Jesus way? Will you commit? Will you give yourself to the Jesus way? You can change the people around you, but you have to commit to it. You have to do what's hard. You have to forgive. You have to love. You have to take time. You have to be patient. You have to be grateful. And it's personal. Don't just do it to your family. The people you love, do it to everybody. Live the Jesus way. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know we're here to enjoy Northridge Fest and have walking tacos and do all those kind of things. But Lord, in this moment, in this moment, I pray that you would bring to mind, to people's minds right now, somebody that they need to forgive. They've been holding on to hurt for a very long time. Lord, I pray that you would help them to take that step of courage to offer forgiveness to them. Lord, there may be a lot of people in here who need to apologize. They, they were the ones that caused the hurt. They said the hurtful things. They, they've been estranged from, from a spouse or from a a sibling, a brother or a sister, or from even their children for a really, really long time. And, and it just would take one step of courage to say, you know what? I was wrong. This is how I was wrong. I'm sorry. I am genuinely, truly sorry. Maybe there is somebody in our life that just 
They just drive us crazy. We cannot stand them. When we hear that they're going to be in the room, it, it causes us to bristle. And, and so, God, you have called us to love our enemies, love people who we don't really want to be around. And, and that's hard, God. I pray that you would help us to realize in those moments that they are a person too and that, that when it comes down to it, when we think about how we want to be treated or how we want our children to be treated or our good friends to be treated, we have to think about that and view people through that lens to live the Jesus way. And so as we sing this next song, May you reveal to us the ways that we can live out the golden rule on a daily basis. Because I believe we can change the world, God, the way that you change the world. Help us to commit to the Jesus way. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.